Thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers, Stephanie L. Shaw, Cholula C137, and KD. You are the string to our cheese. Folks, the Patreon is super helpful. It keeps the podcast alive and allows you access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, monthly giveaways, an exclusive book club, written reviews, your very own Discord channel and role. And we recently just started doing unboxing videos on there for when people send us stuff. I'm going to start doing it a lot more often uh, with stuff that uh, publishers and stuff send me. So all kinds of good stuff in there. It's a really awesome place to hang chad and i usually get back to every uh, message and every comment and everything and it's just super helpful for us it makes it so chad and i aren't super stressed about fitting this in totally and we post the videos of us opening on there which is nice whereas you know for because you can still send us stuff and not be on our patreon so we'll just open them but you'll just hear the audio for the regular podcast totally everybody thank you go check out the patreon it really helps out a lot Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, a new Carrie movie reportedly is in the works with Hunter Schaefer from Euphoria in talks to play the lead role of Carrie. Uh, No director has been announced as of yet, but this would be the fourth adaptation of Stephen King's debut novel. The first, of course, being the 1976 cult classic starring Sissy Spacek. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I saw this. I was like initially pretty interested. And then as I kept reading, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like the fourth one. Like, I don't really care like that much about it. But I bet you Stevens like, guys, I have like 80 other books. It's interesting. I mean, like Carrie, I don't know if you've read Carrie. I don't know if anybody listening has read Carrie. It's a really good book. It's awesome. Like there's a reason why like it got it got picked up out of a slush pile, rejected a bunch of times. But it, it ended up being a cult classic book, a cult uh, movie and everything. It was a sensation. It's a very cool book. But I just I think this is cool, whatever. But honestly, in my opinion, every resource being utilized for any Stephen King adaptation right now should all be funneled into making the Dark Tower show the spectacle that it deserves to be. You're here. Cause, and this is cool news. Like, I, I want to see what they do in like a, a modern sense. I still haven't watched that, the Boogeyman movie and stuff. I mean, I'm always kind of just down to see what people do. Uh, with Stephen King adaptations. What's the Boogeyman movie? The Stephen King thing? So the Boogeyman is a short story that Stephen King wrote, and then they turned it into like this big movie. Um, I think we had, I think it was one of our Monday morning news things or something, but... um, I listened to about half of what you say, so... <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I've still been meaning to watch it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Carrie's pretty cool. It's a girl with like telekinetic abilities kind of destroying an entire school and everybody in it, so... Uh, <laughs> it's like Matilda gone wrong sort of thing? Whoa, I didn't even think about that, but that is kind of, that actually is what Carrie, it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's as bad as Matilda could possibly be. <laughs> it's but a, not a musical. A, a negative spin on, on Matilda, or I guess Matilda technically would be a positive spin on Carrie. Actually, I don't know which one came first. I'm pretty sure Matilda came first, actually. Anyway, uh, what did you do this week? That's that's some short news, but what, Dude, what's, you got, what's you got going on? I didn't watch Matilda, which now I want to. I remember loving good that, movie. man. That was good stuff. And it might not be a musical, is it? I could go wrong with that. I think I was getting confused with Little Orphan Annie, maybe, which I loved. Oh, uh, the new one is. Wait, am I wrong about that, too? So I think there was a new Matilda, actually, that wasn't. that is a musical. Round and round we go, Jack. <laughs> Tell me Just about your guys, week. Go find ah. a thing that's not been done before. Matilda okay, the Musical, 2022. Boom. You were Nice, it. dude. There it is. Okay, cool. That memory will never let us down. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So I've been uh, reading Dark Age, Oof. Um, book five of Red Rising, which, um, you know, if you've listened to our podcast, which if you haven't, I don't know what you're doing. You should totally read our last one about Iron Gold. Dark Age, it's way better yeah. so far than Iron Gold. We were kind of like, yeah. not like hating on it too much, but it was definitely maybe kind of expressing our kind of getting caught up caught up in the doldrums of that story and it was just a little like wah, 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 little plotty a little same old same old but uh dark age seemed to have some more life into it what do you think I, dark age is i mean it's, it's really dark it's it's very it's it's and i don't say this lightly this is the most intense of all the books so far everyone i i think i mean it's not the wow. most fast paced but it's the most like it's the darkest like i mean it's the heaviest just, like, yeah it's the heaviest yeah like every single sentence is just like brutal like it's just there's a lot of sentences it's like a 750 page book it's really right. really long but yeah i'm really really liking it i think we're gonna have a decent episode for it we're gonna read lightbringer soon and then i'm kind of ready to be wrapped up with red rising and i'm ready to be wrapped up with faithful and the fallen because we're moving on to Binti, we're moving on to skolomance we're moving on to covenant of steel and it's just i want to get some new stuff in here mm-hmm. red rising i am 
I'm not sick of it. It is a lot. It, it's a lot of tone. Like the the tone is really dark. It's really heavy. Yeah, it's consistent with its tone, unlike Faithful and the Fallen. But it is very dark. Yeah. Uh, where, whereabouts are you in Dark Age? Because I still got a little ways to go with it. Me too. I'm probably thirty percent in. Yeah, I think that's a, no. I'm like twenty percent in probably. It's pretty. I mean, it starts with a bang. <laughs> the prologue for Dark Age was better than the whole Iron whole Gold, book. all of Iron Gold. <laughs> Well, there's some pretty cool scenes in Iron Gold for sure, but yeah, yeah, like lighting an old man on fire, just watching it happen. So cool, man. So cool. I, I I don't know if I can say that like I'm sick of it, like you said, but I'm definitely tired of Darrow and his like. And granted, he has every right to be super mopey, but man, that guy's like everything I do. Blood follows me. Rivers are coursing through the ship as I walk to my death. Like, that literally oh, is oh how God. the book reads, though. It's like it's <laughs> yeah. every yeah yeah, but um. Will I die in this tube? <laughs> uh, also, and I'll apologize to everybody if I'm kind of sounding like I'm 36 palm malls deep right now because uh, um, I might have been battling a little throat cold this week and uh, especially in the last few days, so I sound a little bit raspy. I don't think you sound raspy. You sound like oh, really? normal. Yeah. Maybe I can sound like um, Chris Stapleton, like got that sexy raspy, you know? Yeah. Tennessee whiskey. Voice of an angel, that guy. So I finished. Uh, no, excuse me. I did not finish. I'm almost done with Wise Man's Fear. Oh, wow. Yeah. You really, which is probably the highlight of my week. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, we spent so much time hating on those books. And I wouldn't say hating. Eh, we just like know. are throwing, like, we're throwing darts at it, you know? Yeah. But only because it knows how to catch darts. Yeah. It's, and eat them, you know? It's fine. It's fine. It's a very good book. You know, and I think sometimes we can get focused on like the just the negatives or like the things that we're like, oh, my gosh, I roll his woman writing is terrible, like all this stuff. But damn, page to page, both of these books, I've been really enjoying my like seven, three through. I don't even know at this point. <laughs> yeah. It gets a little lost about halfway through. You're yeah, like, OK, like really man. Lost. Yeah. 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 Where are yeah. we like literally and figuratively? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's very I think uh, like the first like third of it is very solid. And then the next third of it is kind of a mess. And then the last part of it's like pretty good, like pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's some good stuff going on. Yeah. It's also some bad stuff going on where you're just like, and then the ship sank. But we'll tell that tale another day. So pretty here weak. I am. Like, yeah. Wait, what? That's, that's super lame. What? Like. Yeah. Cop out. It was like he like got lazy and just didn't want to put it in. So weird. I you know, it's funny. I've got this new novella by him sitting on my desk and I'm excited to read it, but it would have been really cool if he had it, what if he had put out a novella that was just both dealing with that shipwreck? That would have been awesome. That would have been fantastic. That would have been so I mean, cool. That would have sated the like oh, lust yeah. for more of Kvoth for the entire book content. Like get him another decade, probably. Let me know when you're done with this read through and then we'll do the King Killer episode. And we're just going to call it the King Killer episode. Uh, and Chad and I are just going I like that. with not, not a the ton King of notes. Killer. Like Chad and I are just going to talk about these two books for probably a couple hours. So <laughs> will that get it all out of our, out of our system? So you'll never hear us about it again. Absolutely not. Probably so. not. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> It will get some of it out, though. So we'll put Lots it all in it. one nice organized place for you guys. I'm actually really looking forward to that episode because yeah. I love the books. And I think that we both have a lot to say about it, oh, obviously. So much. so much. Too much. Too much for this episode. Indeed. I'm also, of course, reading He Who Fights With Monsters, which is very good, as always. Always good. Jason, my man. I will say that as the books progress, there's this obvious attempt to kind of up the ante on the stakes like at the beginning, yeah. it was like very personal stakes, you know, like, will he survive this encounter? Will he overcome and become member of the crew? Will the outsider become an insider sort of thing? Whereas now we're kind of, I think it, there's an attempt to upscale to more epic stakes, like world ending, perhaps even like multi world ending stakes. And or at least it's been hinted at. And it kind of has lost a little bit. Occasionally, it loses a little bit, like, kind of like that visceral trail adventure feel. Yeah. Where it's like just a crew who's getting to know each other and like developing a bond while facing and defeating foes together, you know, like which I really love. And the first few books, at least, is very much that, which I really am into. And now that I'm, you know, five, six books in, I forget exactly where I'm at, um, somewhere in there, the. It's just, I don't know, I feel like it's, it could have, I wish it would have stayed a little bit smaller and just been more like more personal and intimate, I guess, as opposed to like bringing in so much, you know, does that make sense? I, yeah. I mean, like maybe uh, the author felt that 
it would have gotten a little bit repetitive if it was just about the thing that you wanted it to be about, like over and I over again. Right. For like, maybe there's is there a bigger story he's trying to tell, but it needs the variance that you're not a huge fan of right now. Like, yes. Okay. So one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, maybe you're. Do you feel like you're in good hands with him? Like, do you feel like you're gonna? Like maybe you'll push through like this phase that you're not super into and get into a place where it all makes sense in hindsight. Oh yeah, well I'm 100. percent That's a good way of putting it. I am in good hands with them um, with Shirtaloon, Shirtaloon, as I or or something Deverell. His real name is like and Deverell something. Thomas Deverell. Didn't you say a, a name earlier? Uh, Travis. Travis Deverell. There we go. Um, old Travis Deverell. Oh, I said Jason. That was the name of the character. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, did I say his name? <laughs> no, Jason's just like, the main dude, character. He just which said his name. Okay, that's I love having Jason as the name of like our fantasy book character. But yeah, so I think that it's um, you're right. It's expanding, and I think that I'm in good enough hands that he's going to use this thing that I'm not super fond of and bring it all the way full circle back to home. But now it's like my crew fighting for the multiverse sort of thing, which is I think the direction that we're going, which is totally fine with me. We're just kind of. Maybe in the second book, Blues, even though I'm on the, the sixth book sort of thing, but kind of experiencing that within a nine book series. You know? oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'm I'm loving it. And, and you know, even with the kind of wishy-washy side trail that I'm not super stoked about, it's still like page to page a wonderful read. So like I said, or like you said, I'm in good hands. So that's all that I've been uh, reading here. I watched a couple anime shows that I was pretty uh, hyped on, but uh, one of them I'm not far enough in yet to really feel uh, comfortable talking about it. And the other one I can't remember the name of. So I'm going to look it up and talk about it next week because uh, I don't want to waste everyone's time right now. Just like looking through because it's hard to find a Netflix show that you finished because it gets removed from the like you're currently watching section. Oh, then you got to dig through. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Then like, how do I even know? I guess look through the history of my Internet browser or something. Yeah, like hardly ever finish TV shows, so I don't have that problem. So yeah, that's what happens when you finish them; they go away, and then you can never find them again. But man, it was a that. really fun anime show. I just can't. Uh... Oh, oh, oh! I'm getting there. It's the Blue Eyed Samurai. The Blue Eyed Samurai. Blue Eyed Samurai. Yeah, okay. it was really cool. Blue Eyed Samurai. Yeah, that's a thing. Good memory, chat. Hey, look uh, at you! It's like an eight series short. Oh, uh, eight eight episode. Yeah, it's like an eight episode short. I don't know if there'll be another season afterwards, but it was really real good. I liked it a lot and like oh, super wow. deep. This looks really real gritty. cool. If you're like kind of depressed, you're like, man, I need something lighthearted. This is not what you should watch. Okay. Yeah. I like the animation style a lot. It's very good. Yeah. It seems, I don't know if it's like a Netflix only thing, but I really like the, I'm going to say for lack of a better term, the Netflix style of anime. It's like this weird mix with computer graphics and it's just beautiful. Yeah. Kind of like Castlevania. Yeah, I love really Castlevania. sharp. Yeah, Castlevania is really cool. It's very, yeah, very super, super cool. But yeah, so if you're looking for something short to uh, that's gritty, definitely very violent, but a story of like revenge and overcoming one's past and being an outsider, I recommend it. Very good. Tell me about your week. What have you been up to? Pretty busy week. Yeah, I worked a lot. Uh, I picked up some shifts. Uh, so if anybody is curious about what I'm doing, kind of as like a part time kind of side gig uh, to keep a roof over my head i have been working at a sushi restaurant in portland for a while and initially i started just like like my brother is a bartender there and he got me a job um because i needed i mostly needed to get out of the house because i was just like sitting <laughs> like in my house not doing anything and just like reading totally. books and stuff so i need to get out of the house and kind of move around and talk to people and stuff so i started washing dishes there because it was a job that i could do while listening to audiobooks no, oh, nice. And so I've still been doing that. And sushi's like, you know, all that stuff is like pretty easy to clean and stuff. It's a pretty chill job. Uh, even sushi's when delicious. Do you get a lot of free sushi? Yeah, actually. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, I guess they, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I was doing a decent job and they wanted me to start working more in the kitchen and stuff. So I've been learning how to wash and uh, prepare sushi rice. Oh. Which actually like quite a bit of work goes into that. I had never really thought about it before. I thought they just like cooked a bunch of rice and threw it all together. But actually, there's like quite a bit. Uh, there's like a whole process behind it. Yeah, how do they make it uh, sticky? Sugar. A lot of it. Sugar? Uh, yeah, yeah, sugar no. and vinegar. Oh, yeah, dude, sushi is not good for you. Wow, darn. I wish I wouldn't have asked. Like fish is good for you, you know. But Sometimes. Like, yeah, but like fried like fish and vegetables a lot of the time, like tempura with like, you know, the rice is made with like, well, at least where I work. It's made with like a like a vinegar and sugar and salt like combination liquid that wow, you kind of like pour over no the rice. Idea. Yeah, that's what makes it sticky. It's a lot of crazy. The... So with tempura, it's like oil and sugar. 
It's like fast food. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's like candy. Uh, for the longest time, I was like, oh, let's eat sushi. It'll be like something healthy. It's like, no, it's not. It's not healthy at yeah. all. I mean, there are, obviously, I mean, like, if you have like, some nigiri, like, if you just have like a little bit of, even if it's like sugary rice, but, it's, you know, you're having like king salmon and albacore and stuff, it's it's, it's pretty healthy. Like, fish is really good, good yeah. for you. Well, thanks for ruining sushi for everyone there, Evan. Uh- <laughs> but then people like, yeah, I mean, like, but then people are like pouring a bunch of sauce all over it and stuff. And it's just like, man. You know, people that get like whole sides of like eel sauce and and it t- it, don't don't get me wrong, it tastes really good. Yeah, I covered some shifts this week and I was just there like a lot. So if anybody's kind of curious, like why is Evan's like TikTok content and stuff kind of gone down? There's like a few reasons for it, but most mostly I've just been kind of like reading and working in a sushi restaurant and writing a lot. And I'm on, I'm still on submission. It's, it's a decently long process. Yeah, it's just kind of just kind of like vibing and. Kind of like staying really busy lately. You've been working out a lot, right? Yeah, I have been working out a Good lot for you. lately. You, yeah, you, actually, I can see, I can tell. Yeah, like I've, I've been eating really clean and working out a bunch because I quit smoking and like I'm just yeah, I'm just like staying really really busy lately. I haven't been reading as much as I want to. Like I, I'm still reading like a decent amount. And I'm still very much like a book content creator and stuff. It, when I'm at work and stuff, like because I've been given some like different tasks and like responsibilities and stuff, it's like a little harder to like really focus on an audiobook when i've got like a bunch of different things going on like, like a recipe to follow like, yeah like prepping stuff and watching stuff and, and doing all kinds of stuff yeah like i finished ruin the third book in faithful and the fallen and like i said a little bit ago like I'm, I'm pretty ready to be done with this series like i know that you like it a lot and i know that a lot of our fans like it a lot i don't think it's bad but i'm i'm not really interested anymore and in, like i'll read this last book i'll do the last i'll do these next episodes this is just not really a series for me I like it, but not a lot. Yeah, I don't. I was, I man, like, I, like I think I'm enjoying I, it. I'm glad I read it, but I'm not like loving it. I was expecting something different, and it's turning into something that I'm just not a really big fan of. I think that a lot of what it's trying to do is really cool, um, mm, and a lot yeah. of what it's been doing the whole time has been really cool. I like the setting. I like a few of the characters quite a bit, but I don't like. I don't care about most of the characters no. and there's there's like on paper it's great there's like 14 pov chapters in this book one thing i do really appreciate a lot is that the pacing is very good it's not a boring series at all i think that well let me let me rephrase that it's not it's not boring moment to moment like there's always something happening like there's always some new de- uh not i don't even want to say development because there's really not a I mean, lot of a development. fight in the forest there's always fights there's always you know and gwen's pretty good at action scenes and stuff i think what's bugging me about it is that it's a lot of this it feels very repetitive mm-hmm. it's like people kind of running around getting attacked yeah like we run and hide we get to a spot that we run yeah, and hide more this series has just been people getting attacked for three books right. and, and 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 another thing about it that i and this this is purely personal preference and and not even just personal preference but like what i'm in the mood for right now you know what i mean i there too many people are getting killed in this series for me like I, it's too much like it's just it's just like every chapter it's just people getting gutted and their throats slit and it's, it's just like dude i'm right hundreds and hundreds of people are dying in these books right. like too many but not enough like some povs could die that'd be great I, the, and that's the thing too is like all like the the i guess for lack of a better term like the bad people have crazy plot armor like like it, it seems like this series has all of the people on the quote-unquote good side always one step behind the bad guys and it, until eventually everything's gonna line up and everything will be fine that's like what it looks like and it, it seems it just feels kind of predictable it's kind of boring but also exciting and like when i'm reading it I really like, understand it's, that yeah. it's so weird because like when i'm reading it kind of like cool like fantasy music uh, on YouTube or whatever, and like some. What is fancy music to you? I'm um, let's sidebar here. To like just kind of uh, a lot of uh, like Jeremy Soul, the guy that did all the um, Elder Scrolls games um, Ooh, okay. and stuff like that. And that's, um, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just some like kind of like cool, especially for John Gwynn's stuff. You know, like if you like you want to get some like people shouting in the background and stuff. Some of these scenes, it's like the way that he sets. Them, I don't want to get too specific and give anything away, but like some of the ways that. Gwyn sets up some of these scenes it's just like it's so epic like it's just so badass like some of the things that these people are doing and like not just that but like the way that they're feeling like kind of during the action he's very good at tapping into a lot of that but then you've got like these other kinds of chapters that it's like I get to the end of it and I'm just like dude why did 
why was that chapter here? Like what, yeah, why is this what exist? happened? Like that was six pages of just like nothing. And then it's like, I'll get to the next POV chapter. And it's like, man, like, why didn't you just like combine both of these into like one, like nice chunky chapter with this character instead of like totally. separating it between 11 other characters where it's like, I forgot what was even happening with this like it's like someone told him like cliffhangers are really good and you need a lot of them i mean they're they're pretty cool fucking cliffhangers though sometimes Some like, of so, them, yeah. like, but then it's like kind of rough because like so much time passes between you you don't yeah. yeah you don't remember yeah yeah i mean this isn't really the series for me i would say i think that me personally like i'm just kind of falling out of we, we talked to travis baldry a little bit about this too like i mean i think for me personally, and obviously I'll read other epic fantasy where there's a lot of violence and stuff, but I'm just kind of like moving away, I think, from large scale, like fighting and killing and swords and... Hurts my heart. Hurts my soul. <laughs> funny though, because we are about to start reading Malazan, and I think Covenant of Steel probably has a lot of that too, but... It's Covenant of Steel. And I think that it just, it depends on how it's done. And I think that yep. with Faithful and the Fallen, for me, the way it's done, is just rubbing up against my taste in a very kind of like abrasive way. And I'm just, it's just not my jam. But I'm not saying people shouldn't read it. I'm not saying John Gwynn's a bad author or anything like that. Um, for a, for a debut series, I think it's pretty awesome actually how he was able to stick to so much convention while also doing so much that's totally new. Uh, it's really yeah. impressive, but also it's, it's a pretty predictable series. This, this is what I kind of think is it's like, there's so much of this book that works and I get why people love it a lot. I like it a lot. I do not love it. I like it a lot. It's got some very exciting action scenes, his blocking, his arming, his fighting is very good stuff. But it's missing a why. There's too yeah, much. And if you yeah. try to make everything and everybody, then it's nothing and nobody. And it's just like, I don't care enough about it. Like yeah, each individual yeah. set of characters are really interesting, but they're not because I don't get to spend enough time to feel what he's telling me that they're feeling. He's not showing me, he's telling me. And it's just like not a very effective way. And I honestly think that he just bit off more than yeah. he could could chew for this book because this book is his debut it's like man you bit yeah. off a lot i mean i just don't feel very immersed like i don't know what anything looks like i don't know what anything no. you know what i mean like it's no what do these castles look like what do these strongholds look like and it's like yeah you, i mean you describe them but like it's no different from the other one that you know it just right. feels they all, all very like yeah it just all feels very kind of like samey and there's just there's just trees and hills and gray skies and it's just like ugh, dude it's like three that's like 1800 pages of that you know like we're not gonna vary it up at all like we're not gonna but that's you know getting down into like the, the weeds and the, the nitpicky and stuff and so i'll read the fourth one you know we're we're into this now and i feel like we're committed to we, we can't like stop i'm actually excited to finish this it. is gonna sound a little brutal probably but i think that if we weren't reading this on the podcast i probably wouldn't have finished this series i probably would have wow stopped. i would have yeah i think and that's where like we kind of differ on that too is like i think i probably would have stopped about halfway through this hmm. third book i would have complained the whole time but i would have finished <laughs> but yeah that's enough about that so yeah i finished that it took me a lot of that was like mostly what i was focusing on still reading dark age we talked about that for a little bit i'm almost done with my reread of salem's lot i have like a hundred some odd pages left in it so with salem's lot i think and i'll have more of an opinion i'm going to do a tiktok video and stuff on it and um, like a written review um, i have a lot of thoughts about salem's lot that i hadn't formed on my first read through of it i was like 24 Four twenty-five or something when i read it for the first time i'm 33 now it's been almost 10 years since i've read salem's lot so i have different thoughts about it now i don't think i liked the read as much this time as i did the last time but i am enjoying thinking about this book a lot more like than i than i it's, it's hard to explain like so do you like it off the page better yeah that's a really good way of putting it actually yeah. nice but i've been thinking about it a lot and I'll, I'll go into it more when i kind of more collect my thoughts on it and stuff but i do think that it, there's a foreword in salem's lot where stephen king is kind of talking about how he was really enamored with the kind of like early 20th century depiction of vampires um that were kind of like loosely based off of bram stoker's uh, dracula and stuff and this kind of more like elegant vampire right and then he was comparing it to the one that he was kind of more familiar with or at least became more familiar with as he got a little bit older which was the kind of like tales from the crypt type vampire like animal where, vampire yeah it was just like a lot more visceral a lot more blood a lot more animalistic bestial you know not sipping from a flute 
Right. And so with Salem's Lot, uh, he kind of like is marrying this a little bit. So there's that. And then also this this whole idea of he's, he's playing with a lot. He's spinning a lot of plates with Salem's Lot because you have like the town and everything. And this is a town that's being kind of like turned slowly into vampires. It's, it's not like a vampire is killing people. That's not what it is. Like, I mean, I guess technically whatever i don't want to get right. into this you gotta stay alive that's semantics but like it's about the town that's why it's called salem's lot but then there's like this kind of like romance in there uh there's like the relationship kind of thing happening um there's a point of view from a really interesting kid but then also like one of the, the pov chapters is from father callahan who is uh featured very heavily in the dark tower series tons and he is just so he's like one of the best characters stephen king has ever written i mean you know it's and it's really interesting too because this idea of like this kind of like alcoholic priest right we have to we have to remember something about salem's lot and it's that this book was written 50 years ago right like think about that like that is 50 years that's ago, a really? long, how it, old it, is stephen king like 76 77 wow something like really that. you didn't know that yeah he's old no yeah. i had him in my brain as like a 60 55 no, no, he's, maybe he's even. Up wow. there. Um, but anyway so like this idea like so when, when i say that like the the like father callahan like this kind of like he's not a drunk but he's kind of like he's he likes his booze you know hmm. so he's like this this priest and, and he's he's thinking a lot about the catholic church and he's thinking about like his place in it and like uh, the, the the catholic church's like definition of like evil and how like technology and like how we've started to kind of like create different evils in the catholic church had like had in its own lore and its own dogma and stuff oh, and, like, it's it, dude there's a lot to this book kind of like how there was no like porn problem before technology well, sort so, of thing yeah so it's interesting because like i feel like king was working with a certain kind of like aesthetic uh binary with with, with regard to vampires and he's also working with a sort of theocratic binary with regard to how people feel about the situation and uh evil uh, in in the sense of like what is evil and like it's man it's a really brilliant book and it's it's all the more brilliant because it's the second it's the second book he published man and and like you know we're talking about carrie at the top of the episode and like carrie has a lot to it you know I, I i can't remember like king's exact like religion i think he's like a methodist or something but like you know like religion also plays pretty heavily into carrie as well with um, carrie's relationship to her mom and like just like plugging it in in such a thoughtful way and it's not like like he doesn't do it as it's not like a 14 year old cornering you at a party like you know you're stupid for believing it it's not that it's it's like it's a very nuanced and very like thoughtful way of looking at a lot of different stuff like this and to put it all through this like prism of a a like a pulpy story of like vampires like ransacking it you know what i mean it's it's really interesting there's a lot of spectacle to it it's really cool and also you know, the the convention of the this so like, you know, the, the vampires are they're deterred by like crucifixes and like it's it's a lot of like classic sure. vampire type stuff. Um, but it's interesting because it's like he's subverting so much stuff with this book for the time it was written, but it doesn't feel it's like he created a classic, but it wasn't a classic when he was writing it. You know what I mean? So like fifty years later so much of the stuff that's in this book including the the kind of drunken priest and you know a lot of the stuff that's being shown it was so new for a book in the 70s but now it's 50 years later so it's when like did the it, dark tower first come out the first one 79 or something okay i'm just wondering was like the gunslinger was the dark tower even a twinkle in stephen king's eye at this point not the way that father callahan was involved okay you know what i mean because father callahan yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't pop up until five maybe oh it was originally published in 82 sorry i thought it was in the 70s uh so father callahan shows up in book five yeah um so yeah there's a lot of stuff i don't i don't know i don't know the mind of the the dude that wrote it but yeah it's just a very cool book um but what i was saying before about like you know uh reading rereading it i think it's just because i already know and it's like right. it's, re it's really long i mean i have this podcast and i have this tiktok page and everything where i basically probably i sing stephen king's praises constantly but i mean i will say like you know salem's lot uh it's a it's a really brilliant book but it's too long like it's just like it's too fucking long like it's <laughs> i think he could have i think he could have done what he's trying to do and like 
450 pages you know but okay. it's not my book so whatever but there's definitely some parts of it that are um it's not as bad as like the tommy knockers like the tommy knockers was like dude why are you talking about that like there's not really any of that in here i can see why he wanted everything in here okay that makes sense at least it is very long like and it it takes like <laughs> it takes a while for like anything to happen in this book but it's all interesting you know i mean it's a he's building up a town and everything he loves to build a town he certainly does but uh yeah that was my kind of spiel on and and if it seemed like you know me talking about all of this uh was a little bit like all over the place it's because i'm still kind of gathering my thoughts i have a lot of stuff to say about it because I, I do think it's a very brilliant book but then also i'm reading halfway through dragons of autumn twilight i just finished part one uh man dragon lance is cool i i can't believe it took me this long to get to this like it's it's silly it's silly that i am so all about fantasy in such a very public way for so many people and i haven't read dragon lance it's, it's actually and that's margaret something and tracy hickman margaret weiss and tracy hickman yeah so dragon lance if anybody if you're listening right now you don't know what it is so i mean uh dragons of autumn twilight is the first book in the dragon lance chronicles which is a trilogy but then they like put out a fourth book like decades later dragon lance is messy there's a lot of books in dragon lance and then also there's like other authors that are writing dragon lance books but it's mostly margaret weiss and tracy hickman like and it's, and it's mostly the first two trilogies which is uh, Dragonlance Chronicles, and I believe it's called Dragon Dragonlance Legends. So it's like Time of the Twins, Test of the Twins, whatever. It's a, I think those ones are. Is about, that what drew you in? You're like, oh, it's a twin book. No, but um, it's interesting because I they think, have moms. I don't know. I don't. I haven't I'm heard. Trying anything to think of all the things that. that would get you. <laughs> I'm sure there's moms somewhere, but um, so like yeah, like Raceland and Caramon, I think are the stars of the Legends books, but I could be wrong. The Chronicles stuff, which is what I'm reading right now, I still like don't really know what this book is about because <laughs> like i went i went into it blind and it's it it's it's a it's an adventure and it's a fellowship like right and it's so it's cool it's eight companions instead of nine but it's so all over the place and it's so like fantasy just like straight to the dome there's like unicorns and dragon people and dragons and, and magic and, and it's just there's so much happening here and i and it's so chaotic and it's just it's just like one thing it, it really is like a dnd campaign it's just like there's so many twists and turns like every chapter something crazy happens and now they're all the way over here doing this thing and, and it's it's very wacky but hmm, wacky but, okay but there's so much heart to it man there's so much heart in this series like i like really like these characters a lot like i like tannis i like raceland i like sturm i like i like flint like everything is working here i i don't really have any issues with this like the only thing i have an issue with is that tasselhoff and tannis are similar because sometimes tasselhoff is called tass and it's i sometimes Confusing. i forget well i mean um so like with uh like lord of the rings like fellowship especially um when the whole fellowship's like all together and stuff it's not as it's not as like how do i put this so like with fellowship like usually it's like gandalf talking or like when they're when they're climbing like Karathas and they're in like Moria and stuff, it's like like Gimli and Gandalf, but like Legolas like doesn't really say a lot of stuff and like no. Boromir like kind of talks, but like not that much and like Merry and Pippin kind of like interject, but it's it's a lot of like Gandalf talking and kind of like leading a conversation, but and like obviously other characters talking stuff, but then with like Dragonlance, everybody's it's it, they all they all kind of like are annoyed with each other like all the time it's really funny and like really endearing honestly um they're it's all like, like different... more slapstick not like man's team is falling apart it's not really slapstick it's just like it's it's more like so in in, in fellowship and i'm going to keep comparing it to fellowship because it is like a, a similar kind of like group on a quest like kind of High thing. praise but like with fellowship it's like they're on like this kind of like sacred like not maybe not sacred but like um it's a very important like journey and they all they all understand what's going on you know what hmm. i mean and they've all kind of like volunteered for this thing um, but with Dragonlance, they kind of get thrown into this mess and like a few of them are friends but like they haven't seen each other in a while and like a lot of drama has happened and like there's a lot more to like all of these relationships you know and it, totally it's really cool to read so like like a lot of stuff will happen and then the reactions from these characters are really cool to read and uh, the way that they feel about each other and stuff but it's very light for the most part but then it gets like pretty dark also it gets a little darker than i would <laughs> there's like one spot in particular uh i don't want to spoil anything but it's next to a well if anybody has read 
this and you know what i'm talking about and it happens to like one of the characters and i was like oh my god <laughs> like i was having so much fun with this and then that description of this thing that happens to this person i was like wow you guys like that was really brutal but yeah i'm really into it i think that the only um the only thing if i was gonna put on my critic pants it's definitely like i'm like 260 pages into it and i'm like more than halfway through i'm not like I'm not like totally sure what this series is about like they're adventuring like they're definitely they're trying to get stuff and like i understand that and like they've got a thing it's like like i get it but also and it's it's being drip fed to like, me obviously do you know who, like the antagonist is i think so yeah i think okay not sure though interesting i think i know what it's about i should i shouldn't say i don't know what it's about I, i'm like pretty sure but i think it's just it was a lot more about like this kind of quest this adventure than it was about like the overarching kind of like this is why all of this is so important you know what i mean it's like they were mm. just trying to like not die for like a while which was really cool it was like really cool to read about but because of all these relationships i mean i think margaret weiss and tracy hickman did a really really phenomenal job i thought it was going to be bad like i thought it was going to be like almost unreadable i don't oh, know wow. why i don't know why i thought that because like the prose is good i mean there's some it's probably part of my fault too i don't know how many of these books specifically but i read one yeah, or two books i think you said you from like them it, yeah. and i didn't like them very much but that was a long time ago. i don't think you read Dragonlands because i i mean i've thought multiple times like chad would love this i like, don't think that i have no you must have read like some did you read like the the death gate cycle i don't know if those Maybe were really that's... good too actually does Dragonlands have a bunch of different like worlds no it's just on kren i think there's okay. some time travel involved in later books okay and obviously people can... listening probably i'm sure there's some some dragonlance aficionados who are, uh, know a lot more about this i'm just now getting into it and i don't know how much i'm going to read i think i'm going to read chronicles for sure and i might read legends i've heard it's pretty cool but i'm probably not going to read that much past it but yeah it's not it's not like uh Feyrun, it's kryn um which is like what the world is called i like it more than salvatore personally wow yeah i know and i like salvatore a lot but I, I like it more. It, it feels like it's just a little juicier. There's just a little bit more meat on this bone. You know what I mean? Okay. I read the Death Gate cycle. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard those are really awesome. Yeah. Maybe they're just. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. I'm looking at the covers. These are definitely the ones. Yeah. I, you know, they might have been. Maybe I just wasn't at the right time or something, but I remember it was years ago. But I remember being like, eh, not super impressed. Yeah. Um. I mean, the 80s, 80s, 80s fantasy, it's kind of hit or miss, you know? Yeah. The first book was really awesome, though. Of Deathgate, maybe it just yeah. got a little too out there for you. I think so because there's like the universe expands in a major way. I think at the end of the first one, if I'm remembering correctly, and I remember just being like, "Oh man, I, I really liked what we had going on." Oh really? Yeah. 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 There's so much stuff out there, man. It's so crazy. Like the, you, you're just <laughs> never ever gonna run out. Like ever. Actually, that is uh, related to the question of the day, or the question of the the week or whatever but it's just nice if anybody's transition. well i got some other stuff to talk about but if oh, anybody's curious not um, nice chad and i are gonna kind of like we're gonna keep doing some fictional fun facts every now and then but we're also gonna kind of at the end of the episode start reading questions from uh like we would do with a friday forge but we'll be reading yeah, questions we from that yeah we we miss answering questions and um, we want to work it in we don't want to like dig and like reach for fun facts if they're like not interested just to like have one so if we find one and it's cool we'll give it to you at the end of the episode and if we have a cool question from the discord then we'll read it if you guys find cool fun facts send us dm them yeah, to us and we'll yeah. give you credit for them if you submit it that'd be awesome too it's cool too yeah okay so real quick i finished uh, season one of stranger things damn damn it's just perfect show. This is airtight. Like so freaking so good. good. It's so Swimming awesome. Swimming in a nostalgia pool. I finished it. I don't know if I'm gonna watch season two and season three. Like uh I'm definitely not gonna watch season four because not because I don't think it's good. I think it's fine. It's I haven't decent. seen it, so don't say too much about it. Season four is really heavy. Like it's really damn. Like it's Okay. Yeah, that like I cried, everybody cried. It's <laughs> it's a brutal brutal season of TV. Uh it's really good. Um but yeah, I think I like seasons. I like season three more than season two and I like season one more than season three, but yeah, I'll keep watching it, but I'm glad I watched the first season. Uh, I also watched the first episode of uh, Loki, the, the new, the Disney plus show. Yeah, totally. I'm watching it because like Effie really loves it. Or she's watched, I've uh, caught up with the second season and stuff. So I watched the first episode and it must be really annoying to watch TV with because we like finished the first episode and I was like, well, wait a minute like that doesn't really make sense like how come like why and i was like asking like a bunch of because it all deals with like time and like the timelines and like you know predeterminism and stuff and like 
I don't even know if this is actually what it's about because I just watched the first episode. But like, essentially, what it is is like there's like there's like time cops. You know what I mean? And like they catch oh, okay. up with Loki because I don't like know if the he one Jet Li sort of thing. The what? Oh yeah, the wonder what? Yeah, with like going from multiverses or whatever. It's okay, not really so, time, so, I guess. But. So like, essentially, and I'm I'm so sorry, everybody that's like watched the show and they love all of this. And I'm sorry, I just watched the first. I episode. I'm gonna keep watching it. I'm gonna, I'll let you know my thoughts. But essentially, what it is is like Loki, God of Mischief. Uh, I don't know if you watched Endgame, like Avengers Endgame. Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, totally. so, okay so like, uh, spoiling the the most popular movie in the last twenty years, but like. Uh, you know, Tony Stark like, goes back in time, and then instead of Loki being taken to Asgard, Loki grabs the Tesseract and like fucks off or whatever. And like I, that's like not supposed to happen. And there are like these like timekeepers who are like in charge of like the main like actual like legit timeline, and anything any Nexus event that happens off of that is like not allowed. So they have like this very bureaucratic like <laughs> all powerful system that kind of just manages that. And Loki kind of like gets caught up in it. That's kind of the premise of the sh- of the show, is and there's a lot more to it, obviously, than that. <laughs> I was like watching it with Effie, and I was just like, "Well, like if there is one timeline, wouldn't everything just be part of the timeline? Like even the Nexus events, like isn't that all just like already?" And she's like, "No, it's not pre-planned." I'm like. So we had like this weird kind of argument about it, which is silly because like she's watched the entire show and I watched one episode and I start complaining about it because I should just <laughs> shut up and actually watch the TV show. You totally. know what I mean? Like I thought I had it all figured out. It's like, Evan, obviously they wrote the whole show. They know like you're not going to figure this out like over the writers. of the show. I'm not going to like box in the logic of the writers after watching one episode of a TV show. So it's kind of silly, but it's really good. I mean, I like the aesthetic a lot. Owen Wilson is in it. He's hilarious. Oh, He's cool. really, really good. It sounds like it's a little different from like the slapstick, like fun Marvel approach is maybe a little bit more serious or is it is it still just like, no, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. Like okay. it's it's got that Marvel charm to it. I mean, it's I like it's, I love the Marvel charm, but I like a little depth sometimes. You know, I mean, it is kind of cool because it, I mean, again, I only watched one episode, but it seems like it's kind of exploring a little bit more about Loki and kind of like why he is the way he is and stuff. So I think you would like, I like it. his you character should, a you lot. Should check it out. Like honestly, it's like a really well made show. And it's Amazon, you say? That's on Disney Plus. Last couple things, real quick. So. Uh, maybe against my better judgment, but I don't know. Do you start another series? No, God, no! Oh my God! I watched the whale, that new Brendan Fraser movie. Don't even, I haven't even heard of it. Oh, really? Uh, I think it was a stage play uh, from like ten years ago. Uh, it got adapted by Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, it's got Brendan Fraser. Man, and he won the Oscar for it. I'm pretty sure he won the Oscar. At it, that movie kind of fucked me up. Like it was really sad. I haven't watched a oh, movie really? like that. No, I haven't watched like a. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on with that movie. I thought it was just like a movie about kind of like a like a guy going through like a midlife crisis and like talking to his daughter. So I don't I don't I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but hmm. I like started watching it and I was like, "Damn, this is really sad." And then like it just kept getting more sad. It just it just doesn't stop getting. It just keeps getting more and more and more sad. And I was just like, by the end of it, I was just like on my couch alone in my apartment crying. That's the one that Brendan Fraser gained a ton of weight for, right? We didn't gain. I mean, I think he had already gained like a decent amount of weight, just uh, just getting older and stuff. But I think he was wearing prosthetics for most, like all of it. I don't. I don't think so. I think he actually gained the weight. No, he. I mean, he might have gained some weight just in the interim of him. Like, I think uh, some things that happened, like in his personal life, he, he didn't gain. 400 pounds like he's he weighs 600 pounds i think he movie. might have dude i remember like watching the thing about it you should I mean, you've it seen up. the movie so yeah, i don't you know look, but... i'm pretty sure he's wearing prosthetics like yeah he definitely is you're right it is a mixture of makeup prosthetics and cgi ah okay or... cool yeah man it was difficult to watch like i, I just haven't watched a movie like that i should have known because like darren aronofsky like pops up in the opening credits i should have been like oh oh i didn't even know it was directed by him i just knew that Brendan a Fraser... topic too yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot. Were you like openly weeping, or did you just kind of end like, whoa? Oh yeah, oh no, it 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 hit me hard. Like it was oh, like wow. really brutal. Did you say it was heavy? <laughs> yeah, <it's> heavy. <laughs> uh, Brandon Fraser like absolutely deserved the Oscar. That was some of the, that was amazing acting, amazing. Like really, like it got me, it got me really. And um, gosh, I'm so sorry, I can't remember her name. Um, the the person that plays Max in Stranger Things was 
uh, Brandon Fraser's daughter. She crushed it. Really, really amazing performance. Like, whole thing takes place in one apartment. Wow. Like, there's, like, one scene that's, like, out on the front porch or something. But, like, the entire movie takes place in one apartment. Because I, I think it's adapted from a stage play. This It's not typically, like, the kind of movie I usually watch. Um, but I try to stay pretty eclectic with, like, a lot of the media that I consume, obviously. But if you're looking for something that's, like, really going to gut you and, like, this is something really cathartic like that and you, and you need a good cry, like, you need something intense, like, go watch The Whale. It's very, very good. I mean, I think it's just I'm like never gonna watch it again <laughs> I'm not gonna watch that movie ever again like I got you know it's like with like the Revenant you know like right, that. I'm, right. not, like, like, I'm not uh, gonna watch the bear attack scene like ever I, I get it like I, I yep I'm good you know dude that bear sounds rough man, the revenant was one of the most like uncomfortable movie experiences like it's just I, I was uncomfortable because I grew up in you know, and you did too, obviously. But we grew up in the Pacific Northwest. It's not the coldest place in the world, but it gets pretty freaking cold up here. Cool. Especially and, up in the mountains, man. It is yeah, in the middle like, of summer. You yeah, could be freezing like, in the middle of the night. I've been camping in November in the mountains in Central Oregon before with you, probably. And yeah. and and like it's crazy. Like two years ago, how, we did like, that. Like really, like when you're really, really cold, like. It's so brutal. Like it's so it's intense, so and you we can't have like sleep. No, and we oh. have like coats and like wool socks and stuff. Like the like that guy didn't have anything. He was just mm -hmm. oh man, the, the revenant. I love just, how you're focusing on the misery from him being cold and not from him being like. But that's why just ripped apart by a bear and then having to like crawl for three miles or whatever. Obviously, that's the worst part of it. But like, but the reason I was so uncomfortable because was because of like like the setting of the revenue like i know like yeah like it adds so much to the misery of it but yeah there's a lot of movies like that where i'm just like oh yep that's enough for me i watched like a like all quiet on the western front there's a couple scenes in that one where i was just like yep i'm never, not gonna watch this ever again like jesus but yeah uh, the whale was really good and then on a lighter note uh, before we get into this question I've been playing Stardew Valley on my Xbox for like quite some time now, oh, uh, off and on. Nom, 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 and, nom, nom. Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, so I just want to like shout out Stardew Valley. It's like the opposite because, of the Revenant. Oh no, yeah, it's, it's the opposite. I just wanted to shout it out because uh, it's such an amazing game and anybody listening out here is looking for something that's just very pleasant. Like if you like video games like Animal Crossing or Harvest Moon, Man Minecraft even, stuff like that, uh, you should play Stardew Valley. And if you've already played it, you should play it again because man that game is a masterpiece it's so freaking good it really it i i wouldn't recommend playing it while you're listening to audiobooks i tried uh it's mm. not a very good yeah. game for that yeah because you gotta yeah. like because there's a lot of like inventory management and stuff oh, okay. you gotta talk to people you know it's a lot of like oh like i need to make a furnace but before i make a furnace i need to get like this and this oh but before i need to get i need to get my axe uh or my, sure, my pickaxe sure. like, so it's, like, like i need these resources for this much land and yeah, this exactly. much yeah totally but yeah it's been really cool playing that um just kind of in my off time is that relaxing very very much so yeah uh i stopped playing starfield i don't know man not relaxing it's all right i mean it's just this is boring like i don't, I don't <laughs> think it's i don't think it's a bad game i don't, I like bethesda games because they try to put much as a boring i don't know like i mean i think so like i don't want to go on like a huge video game rant right now but i i just give me the elevator pitch of why it's boring i think that bethesda uh their games take a really long time to make because there's so much like they're very big games very big i think that when you take seven years to make something trends change and tastes change i'm not saying they didn't notice it or they're, they're stupid or anything but like we are committed to a project and so like the the kind of like feedback loop and gameplay rhythm and you know um general kind of like laundry list of things that you're supposed to do and, and the environment you're doing it in and the physics engine that you're using all of that like yeah i mean that, that was pretty cool in like 2011 it was still pretty cool when fallout 4 came out like to a certain extent but i mean it's it's been a while you know what i mean like and mm -hmm. people kind of shift and trends shift and i don't want a bunch of loading screens and i don't want like a i don't want like a character to just be like ah you're here well go over there now and it's like you go over there and you scan the thing and you kill the people and then you can't go back and they're like ah you're back well we've had a new development Right, it's right. this thing you got to go over here now and so you go over there and you go to the thing again and like fetching you see, stuff you see some stuff and yeah and, and you know what and, and it's like i'm not even gonna sit here and say like i can't play games like that because i do all the time and i really enjoy it but i think what the issue is is like i'm cool with that kind of like menial stuff and like fetch quests and stuff i don't necessarily mind that i don't think they're objectively bad 
I think that the world has to support that though. Like I have to be immersed enough. Totally. I, I have to like the space I'm spending time in enough to do all that kind of stuff. And the problem with Starfield, in my opinion, is that the space that they created is so disjointed and boring and doesn't have a lot of identity to it. And it doesn't have really? like, yeah. Cause it's just like, you're just kind of planet hopping and it's all like procedure. Unfortunate. I mean, it's not, it's not Exploration bad. should be like new environments think, and flora and fauna and stuff, you know, I don't know anything about video games. Like I'm, 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 I'm or like how to make them. Or, I mean, besides having played hundreds of hours, I'm not saying I could make a better game. What I am saying though, is that what I think if you wanted my opinion, I think what would have been really cool with Starfield is if what if what they had done instead of having like hundreds and hundreds of planets to go to that are all kind of like a little boring and don't have a lot of identity to them what would have been really awesome is if they had made like three planets and mm. you could and you and and they were static and you could really explore the hell out of them even if they were small if they were like moons or something you know what i mean but like i don't need a whole planet Shit, I'm, I'm easy to please just give me a moon i mean really though like i, and really I think that it would have but instead, and this is just my experience, obviously, I and mean, I'm sure a lot of people really like it. And I think it's really cool. I mean, like the music is good. The gameplay is cool. The aesthetic is cool. Like the, um, it's kind of like this, like retro, like 2001, a space odyssey kind of aesthetic, but like, okay. uh, but, but grungy, modern, dirty, but mod rusty. Yeah, I mean, kind of, it's pretty clean. I'd say it's pretty clean. Okay. It's, it's not like the expanse. You knew exactly what I was asking. Yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not quite like that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a cool game. I just don't, it's not. It's not Skyrim. I don't want to put a thousand hours into it. Play Skyrim right now and still right have now. such a blast with it because it because I'm in Skyrim. Because it's like right. they just plop you down and they're like, go ahead, go for it. <laughs> and same with um, I mean, even like Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout Four. It's like this static environment. And they're like, go. You're like, there's no. I mean, there's loading screens if you like go into a building or something, but you're not like. And it's just like this space. Like whatever like mm. um but i don't know like i, I might re-download it again I, I put like 20 hours into it or something maybe a little bit more a little disappointing for sure and um i don't know it's fine though i i, I definitely don't think it's terrible but i am a little bit worried about elder scrolls 6 we'll see if it even comes out or whatever but is there rumblings as to when it's coming out no release date has been given out they put out a teaser trailer in 2018 huh. yeah i remember <laughs> that actually and that's nothing crazy since then yeah a teaser trailer like four years ago five years ago wow yeah i mean it's it's, it's a weird conversation you know because like i mean i feel like my my knee-jerk reaction was kind of like man why did they just put all their resources into elder scrolls 6 Right. You know, like, why didn't they just, but then also, like you said, make two really cool planets, not a million kind of shitty ones. Like my, what, what I'm thinking, and this is just me, but like, maybe I don't, I, I'm not usually going to give the benefit of the doubt to soulless corporations, hmm. you know? And I think that Bethesda is kind of a soulless corporation at this point. Like, I, at I this think point, yeah. like the idea that they're like this cool kind of like not your average game developer, like making grassroots, that's, that's not what they are. That's not what they are anymore. But I mean, there's a project they wanted to make. They were probably enthused about it at some point. They, you know, they had to see it through and I can kind of respect it for sure. Like I can, I can respect the risk and like them already being in kind of hot water and like a lot of people not being stoked about some of the games that they've been putting out and they, they still, they risked a, a new IP. They tried, I, I do respect it quite a bit, but I, and maybe, maybe in hindsight, when Elder Scrolls six comes out, they'll is me being very optimistic, but maybe they'll kind of like mm. learn some lessons from, you know, maybe it is time to update some of the engine and it, it is, it is time to kind of like, maybe we should look at like how we're designing the structure of these like missions and you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's dig in a little bit more. The problem with that is like, if they started so far back, can they, can they implement the new lessons that they learned or they've, have they gone too far? You know, that was a big discussion with, um, cause with like, there was a zombie, fad for a while um mm -hmm. our listeners probably remember fondly the the zombie zombie fever from like 2007 to like 2014 you know there's everything was zombies for a while everything was zombies everything was zombies and then uh, i remember there was some pretty interesting discourse about uh there's a game called days gone and it's created by a studio in bend actually called that bend. game that's yeah, from bend studio they're mm -hmm. game, they're in bend oregon uh, it looks really cool you know uh there's a lot of really cool mechanics in it 
one of my friends with the artistic director. Oh, wow. That's really awesome. <laughs> Damn. It's a very, very cool looking game. But uh, a lot of the discourse around it was like, yeah, but we've already played this. Right. We've played this so, so many, many times. times. But because like with, with like books, you know, books take a while to write, obviously, but they don't take seven years right. every time. You know what I mean? Like with, uh, and sometimes they do take seven years, but like with books, it's like, you can kind of like, like authors and publishers and stuff like they can kind of like gauge trends and be like yeah i mean like everybody's been writing this stuff like you know right, take vampires a year. are on the out like like take a year write something else you know like whatever but with like video games you've really got to commit to like a road you know like like and so with days gone it's like if that game had come out in 2012 everyone would have freaking loved it but it came out in like 16 something like that Hmm. 2015 2016 or maybe even later no, the days gone i think it came out like 16 17 something like that yeah so well past the zombie craze yes and, and not even just past it but like it had been getting stale years before and was right. still and this happening was delay upon delay too right like they pushed so, it back a bunch of times it's so interesting with like because with like books i don't i feel like people you don't really run into that problem as much like it's something really interesting to talk to Travis Baldry about, actually, because he was in the video game industry for so long. Yeah. But yeah, I just um, I just think it's interesting that you can have such good intentions about a project, but because of of why uh, because that project takes so long to make, by the time you're finished with it, it's a everybody wants something totally different, and now you're left with this project. Yeah, well, I think the heart of books is kind of more about like the human experience and like emotions and relationship and, and interpersonal connection and overcoming evil and all the, all that good stuff. And I think that's, yes, it is focused around like zombies or killing the orc invading army or whatever. But I think that a lot of the themes that you kind of delve deep on in books is are, are timeless really. So I think that's probably where the biggest separation is between like the, the wave, the fad waves of uh, between games and books. I think you can still do it with games. For sure. Totally. But I think that there's so many different variables because you're engaging with that medium in such a different way, you know, like, like mm -hmm. with books, like you can't craft stuff with books. You know what I mean? You can't fast travel with books. You can't, <laughs> you can't drive a car with books like you like. And so, you know, obviously there's a lot of variables with books too, but with video games, it's like, you've got so much kind of working against fail you. A chapter. There, there's so <laughs> many, there's so many things you can fail at with video games. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, there's so, so many mechanics you can get wrong. And so like, I'm, I'm so glad that I don't make that stuff, man. Cause it would drive me crazy. <laughs> I feel so man, bad. Or make content about that Oof. stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The book community, we are lucky. We are lucky. Oh, but so speaking of the book community, let's answer this question from our book community Ooh, and, then, and then wrap this up. All right. Thank you everybody that's still with us uh, for humoring my very long ramble about video games. I really like talking about video games, actually. It's it's a very fun thing for me to talk about. Well, you're gracious, Evan, but I think 100% of the people who started this podcast and are still listening are like, man, we hey. got you. We just like listening to you, man. <laughs> All right. So uh, like I said, every week we'll either do a fictional fun fact or we'll read a question from our lovely, or lovely Discord. Both. <laughs> or both. We could do both. All right, so this question comes from Sarah Rella. Crazy good name. Sarah Rella says, oh my God, I have a good Friday Forge type question for you guys. If you ever bring those back, well, we did bring them back. Would you rather outlive your TBR, which means you would read every book you ever wanted to in your lifetime, but that means you'd reach a point where you had no books left to look forward to, or would you rather die before finishing your TBR, meaning you'd always have books to look forward to as long as you live, but you would never get to read them all. I mean, that is the literal truth of what will happen in my life, <laughs> right? Like, will there ever be yeah, a like point a, that I'm like, like, I'm almost done? Like, hypothetically, if you could. Well, yeah. I know, but like, yeah. did authors stop creating new books in this world, this hypothetical world? Right. I think I think that is part of the hypothetical, yeah. Totally. And I think, you know, like, I'll never climb every mountain. That doesn't make me sad. I'm not gonna focus. I'm not gonna focus on what I wasn't able to accomplish. I'm gonna focus on what I was and just be so yeah. stoked about it. Um, though I do have a little bit of FOMO for all those wonderful stories yeah. and wonderful authors that I never got to dance with. You know. I think the question is: Would you rather have the fear of missing out, or would you rather have a small portion of time where you then had nothing you were excited about? Yeah, fear of missing out. 
I think I'd rather have the fear of missing out. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I get stressed sometimes when I'm like grocery shop shopping and I forget to bring a book. Like it's stupid. I'm driving. I'm not with anybody else, but I have this thing where it's like, if I don't have a book with me, what if I'm like waiting on somebody or get a phone call or something yeah. and I want to tell like, it's just like a stress reliever to have a book on me because I know I can't be bored even when there's very little chance that I'll have an opportunity to read or something. And so, yeah, that that's like an actual fear, like mm-hmm. running out of not being able to, well, no. You have the Kindle app on your phone, right? No. Oh, dude. <laughs> I just have the Kindle device. You know that if you have the this isn't this is not an advertisement for Kindle. I wish it was an advertisement for Kindle. Then I wouldn't have to work at a fucking sushi restaurant. Yeah, whoever invented the Kindle, we but, know you're listening. But, uh, hit us up. Yeah, please hit us up. You know that you can download the Kindle app. Like if you have something you're reading on your Kindle, if you open up your Kindle app and you click on that title, it'll just sync to where you were. And you technology, never... what a cool thing. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> though I feel like I've been avoiding that actively just because I don't want to mix my phone. I don't want to ever get comfortable reading on my phone because it's just like not a good way, yeah, not the best like... way, I think, for me personally to read because it's full of distractions. Such a Luddite, Chad. Is, it not, is that like a troglodyte or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a term for someone who uh, doesn't like technology. It's oh, a... yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what like a troglodyte is, too. Is it? I think it's uh, it can be used like a prehistoric person, but like I'm pretty sure that's what it also oh, means. Oh, chocolate is a, a hermit. Uh, oh, regarded as being deliberately ignorant or old-fashioned. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I think it's like troglodyte. like a Neanderthal or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like a troglodyte. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it because uh, if I am you know, like a pharmacy or like a wherever, I'm waiting for food or something. I'm like by myself or waiting for the bus a lot of the time. It's really nice to know like. If I don't have a book on me, I don't have my Kindle on me, I can just like whip out my phone and go on the Kindle app and then do the damn thing, you know, like read for a little bit. Yeah, there's some hills I die on, like like for the the sake of it, for no reason that I'm like kind of when I analyze and look like I'm doing just now, like <laughs> that are dumb. You know, I'm like, no, like, well, I, would, I don't want it on my phone because I want to keep my books pure. But like, I actually think that's like inhibiting me from enjoying books always and whenever I want. Like, you know, it's just kind of I'm in my own way, you know. I mean, maybe. I mean, I think that the way that you're thinking about it is definitely, yeah, valid for sure. I mean, I understand the idea. Kind of, not well, really, it's though. Like, <laughs> it's like, a, you know, like the idea that when you're in bed, you should never use your bed for anything other than sleeping. Oh, man, that boat has sailed. Right, I know, I know. It's <laughs> I'm really man, bad I at do it. a lot of things but, on my bed. But the idea, though, is that, you know, you, you're kind of like teaching your brain that if you're laying in your bed, it's time to go to sleep. And it helps you sleep more. So it's like, I think you're applying the, the similar logic to your phone and to yeah. books. You know what I mean? So I am actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, good defense of me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's silly. I think you should read whatever It is silly, but that was a good line, though. <laughs> like, I, I think you should read where, whenever and however you possibly can, whenever you can. Uh, but that's just, I have a biased opinion about that, probably. Yeah, but it's not like, I mean, your point is great. Because like, not like when I'm when I'm at home, I'm not going to be like, well, I've got to read on my phone because I can. It's like, no, just read on your Kindle or the books. Like, this is only for the specific times that you don't have either of those things. You still can read. Yeah, even for like five to ten minutes. Like, I've definitely, like, I've been able to knock books out, actually, because I'm reading when I can instead of when I allow myself to or like whatever. Totally. You know, a um, lot of littles is a lot. But also, <laughs> to, to, to waffle as much as possible, everybody, uh, like... Also, there is something to be said about there have been studies done. I, don't, I can't link it to you right now, but like there have been studies done that show that like reading for it's not like an exercise where like if you you, you can exercise for three 10 minute periods or you can exercise for one 30 minute period. And it's like the same, you know, it's not like that with reading where like, wait, say that one more time. So you can exercise. You can either do 100 push ups in all at the same time or you can do 10 push ups. 10 separate times during the day and it's like the same for you right maybe i isn't don't think a, that's necessarily that true oh well i mean maybe I, I thought that was a thing maybe maybe you're like exerting the same amount of calories or something but there's something to be said about like getting yourself to the max you know like when i, I do like, 10 pushups right now i'm not gonna get sweaty at all but if i do 100 that's what if like you did 100 totally over the course thing. of the day we're getting way off track what i'm saying though, you know i do 100 pushups every day <laughs> i can tell i can see in it. sets of 10 Wow, I didn't know that. That's Dude, exactly what. One of the, that's exactly the the example. Yeah, I just yeah. Gave. Well, I was just wondering because like it's very relevant to my life. That's why I had some follow up questions there. But yeah, I do it because like I never ever get sweaty. I mean, I also work out um like four or five times a week in addition to this. But I never get sweaty. I'll just do them like ten. Takes no time to do ten pushups. But at the end of the week, I've done seven hundred more pushups than I would without it. Mm-hmm. And it's like you hardly even notice when you're doing it. And man, I'm 
this is the second time that I've done this and uh, I'm on like, you know, second month now or something. And boy, I don't even know how many pushups I can do right now. A lot. Probably a lot. But what I'm saying awesome. though, what I'm saying though, is like with reading, I hate saying these two words together, but studies have shown <laughs> it's better to read in a big block. Like it's better to read like for an hour than to read for six minutes, 10 times a day. That you makes know, sense like, to me. Uh, specifically with, a book, like a novel. Right, because there's time, like, getting into the flow of it. Yeah, but, like, also, like, it super depends on, like, what you're reading. Like, if you're reading Ulysses, like, I wouldn't recommend reading it five minutes at a time. But if you're reading, like, you know, like, Percy Jackson, yeah, like, whatever, who cares? Like, but I would say, like, there are some more kind of, like, dense things that, like, it would be better if you read them in big chunks. Right. Though I will maybe devil's advocate and say like sure let's go all over the place here well so that people don't get any real answers about anything yeah yeah well, okay well like six minutes ten times a day is better than not reading any at all you know which is i think more of what yeah, we're talking about yeah, here it's not like yeah. like should i do this or that it's like i don't have time sometimes to read 60 minutes so it's like right. better than yeah, nothing totally. you know yeah, it absolutely is but yeah that's gonna do it for us today everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode uh man these monday episodes just really give me and chad so much life uh look yeah. out this week though for our episode for ruin which is book three of the faithful and the fallen hopefully we'll be able to the, the the one for dark age but i don't know if it'll come out this week we're trying to wrap everything up here and move on to other series uh but the books that chad and i picked are gigantic so we're doing our very yes. best. Uh, you know, these big books require big episodes and lots of editing and stuff. Big summaries. Um, yeah, Those big are honestly the time thing for me summaries. for Faithful and the Fallen. Man. But yeah, everybody, uh, thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for signing up for the Discord and the Patreon and everything that helps us out so much. I mean, we have such an amazing community here, and it's because of you. It's not because of me and Chad. It's because of all of you, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, reach around and give yourself a pat on the back, because you are the reason this community is awesome. Absolutely. And until the next time we do see you, I uh, hope you all have an excellent rest of your day, and of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.